the Evolve to Succeed podcast, where founders, entrepreneurs, business leaders, and experts are interviewed to explore the link between personal and business success. We will also investigate and establish the need for ongoing personal development, accountability, and support. The objective is to inspire you, the audience, to be better in life and in business. Hello, I am Warren Munson, founder of Inspire and Evolve, and my guest on this episode is M12 founder Andrew Skipsey. Andrew is the son of a greengrocer, former Royal Marine, and now owner of a successful telecoms firm. During the conversation, we find out what nine years in the Marines taught him about being present. That thing of being in action and uh, being, uh, you know, the next day could could be your death, you know, because of. Uh, how events transpired and uh, you know you've always got in the back of your mind bloody hell what I've got now is so precious I'll do the best with it. His definition of success? I think I think it's not looking ahead to to have something which gives you that seal of success which says bam now that's I've achieved success it's it's the everyday things whether a competitive spirit is always a positive thing, I think it. I think it is. I think it's. I think. I think you've got to have really ambition to try and be the best that you can be as an organisation, because if you don't, you're caught out. And how he came up with a really simple way to name his company. So I named it after the number plate on my car. Let's get on with the show. Welcome, Andrew. Welcome to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. Thank you, Warren. Well, although you should be saying welcome to me. I was sat in your beautiful house overlooking the wonderful Torset countryside. Listeners, I wish you could see this view. It's um, stunning. Yeah, um, it is. Uh, it is fantastic. Yeah, we moved here back in 1995 and did quite a bit of work to the house uh, uh, coming up 20 years ago now. Yeah. And yes. now I get, Andrew's business, as he'll explain, he's um, in Hampshire, but now I get why living in North Dorset and a business in South Hampshire isn't a, isn't a pain to you because that was a beautiful drive up here as well, Andrew. Yeah, so. it wasn't. It, uh, yes, and uh, I do know every pothole on some of these roads, but uh, it, is, it is a great place to, uh, great place to live. Brilliant. So yeah. shall we kick, kick off with your story? Okay. So, from what I know of your story, the earliest point in your story is a military career. Um, yeah, pro- probably it really started as the son of a greengrocer in Yorkshire. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, I, I, I listened to something recently that said uh, entrepreneurs, they often, there was often money, you know, cash in the family somewhere. So you saw that they, um, uh, there was a family need to succeed. Yeah. And I think that's where it, it, it really started. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, you're right. I joined the Royal Marines, age 18, okay. all those years ago. Yeah, and, and served uh, your time in the in the Marines. It was yeah, and, and a fantastic time. I didn't join up to do a career. I, I really only joined for three years, but okay. had such a good time. Eighteen months when I came down to to pool okay. and uh, started with landing craft. That uh, uh, that I, um, I decided oh, I'll sign on for a little bit longer. <laughs> so how long did you do? I ended up ended up doing nine years. I, I met Jane down in pool, and uh, we. Uh, we got married up here in Shaftesbury, a hundred yards away, okay. and 
and then went out to Hong Kong, married a company, which was a fantastic posting. Okay, brilliant. And, so, and then span out of military life, but just want to touch on military life because one of the things that I've seen working with business owners, entrepreneurs over the years is those that have had that military experience and background have a tendency to exceed. Uh, uh, so what's that success? What do you think drives that success? Why do you think there's a, there is a st- definitely a strong correlation between a, a military career, starting your business and succeeding? Um, I think the grounding of getting through training, you know, the commando values, uh, the, the sheer perseverance that you need in, uh, in order to, to make it and earn that, you know, that coveted Green Beret. Uh, yeah. it's, it's a long training course. It's, it, at the time, it was six months. It's even longer now yeah. uh, for, for recruit training. And, uh, and that, that transformed you. It turned you genuinely from uh, a, a civilian to somebody who was an, an individual with character, but really strong quality values. And uh, so I think that, that that's what... Those the foundations that, are yes. really that what give that drive to succeed as well, do you think? Uh, yeah, I think there's a level of... Um, uh, you know, you've got to have individual characteristics of, yeah. of um, uh, to know what you want out of life. I think, and everybody's different. You know, nobody needs to have the same type of thing in order to feel that they've had a successful life. It doesn't need particularly to be materialistic. It's uh, it's as long as you're living with your your values, whether they're strong family values or. Um, uh, you know, attainment values, whatever that is, but just do the best that you, the best that you can. Yeah, I have this thing with uh, my two girls who are now ten and fourteen, and I, I say to them that I just want you to do whatever you want to do in life to be happy. Yeah, but just be the best you can be, and the best you can be, not the best, but the best you can be, or whatever you decide that, to do. That, that is that is that is brilliant advice, and I, I think that coming back to military, one of the things that's uh, uh, has had an impact was that that quick that brief time in the Falklands. You know, we were only away a hundred days. I mean, those guys who were in Afghanistan on very you know incredibly long tours. Extended uh, tours, weren't they? Yeah, um, but that thing of being in action and uh, being uh, you know the next day could could be your death. You know, mm-hmm. because of uh, how events transpired and. Uh, you know, you've always got in the back of your mind, bloody hell, what I've got now is so precious. I'll do the best with it. So it's that value life. Yes, absolutely. So what was your life immediately after the Marines then? So came out of the Marines, what year was that? Well, uh, I I left in, uh, would you believe, 19, 1987. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and I'd, I'd taken the, uh, I knew that... Uh, that I wanted to make a success of civilian life, but I had no idea what I was going to do. You know, trained to drive boats, trained to use a weapon or two. Uh, not a great deal of call for that in, uh, mind you, they had some f- friends that have done very well uh, with those, uh, those particular skills. But the, um, I started out in financial services, selling savings plans to my fellow Royal Marines part time, and uh, it was, was quite the vogue in the late eighties, oh, early nineties, wasn't it? <laughs> it? But it worked a treat, and yeah. I've, and you know, just saying to guys, you know, 
save a pound a day and that money will turn into your deposit for a house and, you know, this, that and the other. And people a few years later did come up to me and say, you know, that worked, that, thanks. And, uh, uh, but it got me into the world of sales, which okay. was, um, which was really um, what, I, what I discovered. Okay. And that then spun into a sales job within the telecom sector? Yeah, I did a, a, a really good quality sales and marketing diploma as my leaving course okay. and, and just applied for a few, a few jobs. I created a very um, uh, nice looking hand wrist, hand, um, handmade paper CV, which I sent out there. And it just happened that the MD of the company that I joined, uh, he took a look at it and thought, oh, this guy looks a bit different. I'll get him in. And that was it. Right. And then when I went for the interview, this is at Southern Telephones, you know, I took along my photo album. It, was, <laughs> it wasn't the kind of interview he was expecting. And uh, yeah, he made, he, he made me an offer of uh, uh, six and a half thousand basic, which I uh, immediately rejected and, and demanded eight and a half thousand, <laughs> which, which he gave me and uh, plus commission. But Brilliant. Yeah. And that started a real sort of journey into sales and telecoms with earnest, I suppose. Um, yes. And uh, and there was never, I, you know, I keep saying to my guys, and I've said it for years and years and years, now is the golden age of telecoms. <laughs> the, the, it's been forever. How many decades have you oh, been that's saying that? it's, It is. It's change, always change for the better. You're able to influence uh, positive growth and development of your of your customers they uh, they get real value from what you what you provide and how different it can make them uh, function as a as a business yeah. give better customer service and, we'll and come that. on to that because one of yeah. the things once we've sort of told a bit more of your story in your story in the m12 story and yeah. i want to i'm intrigued because your business is a business of change and innovation yes. constantly so we'll come back to that if we okay, can, because yeah. I'd like to understand how you manage your business in that environment. Okay. So um, Southern Telecoms, how long were you there for? Well, Southern Telecoms, um, uh, I managed to, um, uh, the, the sales manager, he inherited a bit of money and decided to leave and set his own business up and took most of the sales team with him. I decided not to join him, which was, uh, which was great for negotiating where you really wanted to go. And a couple of years later, got a seat on the board, small shareholding. And not only that, uh, a lot of luck along the way. You know, um, I, uh, do you remember the cable TV companies that were yeah. in the early 90s? We'd still up our roads everywhere. Yes. <laughs> and um, I, I'd sold the the head office phone system for 9x cable comms in Wimbledon and um, uh, it was it was a decent um, job and I uh, um, it was the, the very first voicemail systems coming along as well I remember trying to sell that to the chief executive who demanded this uh, the voice processor that they had in in the, in the states and um, uh, anyway one thing led to another he left but I remember the call that he made that said, uh, Andrew, he said, uh, you're uh, stay really close to 9X because it's going on a big journey. Okay. And anyway, just in three years, I'd sold them um, 22 big phone systems across the country. 
and uh, uh, their contact centres. Yeah, so you were a very and, popular uh, the, man. Uh, within Southern Telephone as well, it meant that the MD could, um, uh, uh, you know, he was, he was motivated to get out yeah. and he got to pretty high calibre individuals to buy the majority stake of Southern Telephone. So I went through a, a management buy-in, buy-out. Okay. And one of the first jobs was to change the name. It was a real problem selling anything that wasn't a telephone, yeah. not in the South. <laughs> <laughs> Your name can restrict you from time to time. So, yeah, so we became Sotel, ah. which was a, it was a good evolution of, yeah. the, of the name. And we, we grew that business um, from, what, 3 million to 11 million turnover in five okay. years. So that was quite a journey to see that growth and see it from an inside perspective as well. Oh, yeah, be, be a sales guy and one of the top team yeah. influencing influencing change. And what experiences do you think you've taken from that experience into sort of M12 and your own business career after well, that? Well, I think that one of the things I did as part of the negotiation at the buyout was, um, and I want you to pay for my Institute of Directors membership and the Director Development course. Uh, okay. So actually getting trained is okay. really quite important. Yeah. You know, and, that's uh, interesting. That's twice you've talked about training now. You've talked about training as you came out of the yes. Marines in your exit course. Yeah. You've talked about, well, I actually realised further training at quite an early stage in your more corporate sales yes. career. Um, so training is clearly something you've absolutely valued. Yes, correct. Absolutely. Right. And, and always have done. And, you know, even in, I think that comes back to, you know, to my time in the Royal Marines, you know, even as a, um, you know, a, a low ranking um, uh, Royal Marine or Lance Corporal or Corporal, um, you gained instructor status really quite quickly. And it, it becomes part of your DNA yeah. to receive training and to give training. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's a really interesting philosophy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sidetrack. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. But I mean, you know, obviously with Evolve and everything, you know, for me and even in my own journey, that personal development piece has been huge. Yeah. And I, I don't think you can succeed and create this kind of holistic success in life unless you continue to develop as an individual, develop your skills, you know, both your soft and technical skills. Um, and it's interesting, you know, just to have picked up on that mm. in your own story so far. Yeah. So, you did the IOD course. Yes. Um, and then... So the, the, um, uh, we, got to, we got to 97 and we'd, we'd moved to this house. Okay. And uh, it was... Uh, so this was a time of significant responsibilities, young children as well? Motivated by commitment, believe me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and not only that, if, if, you, if, if you recall, I'd had these fantastic sales years and then... It's, it was just becoming hard again to to bring in new business and find um, those those deals where it's like um, sell one get many, which is uh, you yeah. know, there are various ways of of doing that, but in, in principle that's what had happened. And I was doing too much that wasn't adding value, so I did a new negotiation with uh, the MD, and I said that uh, look, um, please support me. You know, I need this amount per month. Yeah. And um, regardless of my performance, that's what I need. I said, I also need to have a dedicated assistant and I also need someone to be my researcher. Yeah. And, it, and, you're, and 
you will get the results probably in about 18 months, two years. I got a plan, trust me with it. Okay. And, and, we, and we worked it. So James, um, a telemarketer, became my dedicated telemarketer. He's now head of MyTel in New Zealand, by the way. Okay. And uh, um, Bridget, who was in the pool, became my dedicated person to do all the, you know, you get an order. And then there's all that work of converting it into Making it a, a job. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then looking after customers who want bits and pieces along the way. And, uh, and not, for you not to be tied up by that. And it came off and we had a few years later some absolutely awesome success. And okay. I, I, yeah. So how did the kind of concept and the idea, you know, great career in sales, corporate career, sort of seat on the board, you know, good relationship with the owner by the sounds of it and all of those things happening. How did the idea behind M12 and going alone come, um, come about? Well, that did come about. That was 97. If you look at, uh, if you look at company's house, you know, our, our tw- I think we're, yes, we're 20, we're in our 22nd year now at N12 Solutions Limited because I thought that then might have been the time to strike out and start my own business. If Jim had said no, then perhaps that's what I, what well, I would so have done. the company was there waiting. <laughs> and, uh, and it was, uh, well, the name was. Uh, yeah. the, 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 uh, my then accountant, uh, your predecessor, Warren, <laughs> uh, uh, said, you can't call it what somebody else called it. You've got to call it something. So he says, you know, just, and I knew I didn't want to be where we were or what we did. Yeah, you learned that lesson. <laughs> so I named it after the number plate on my car. M12. <laughs> <laughs> That's unique now, listeners. I don't think I've ever heard that one before. <laughs> so M12 uh, was my first own car okay. in, in my work. You know, I, I got a nice... Oh, in, in the when was M? That was was that ninety four. Uh, anyway, there, bought yeah. a number plate for with, yeah. with AJS on, and uh, so it was M twelve AJS. Yeah, so I thought oh, I will call it M twelve Solutions. Um, that was just the, to have the holding business name. Yeah, that, nothing other than never would have viewed that. It was well, twenty two years later. Oh, whatever. It, yeah, it would be here. And the um, yeah, so but we went through a. Uh, the majority shareholders, they'd, they'd had a five-year plan. And they wanted to exit with a couple of million after, after their, uh, uh, after their you know, uh, time. And they actually got an offer that would, would give them that each. And uh, uh, so they, we, we, became, uh, we became a division of um, Conver- Convergent Communications PLC, we were okay. called Convergent Systems. So for, and we were an amalgamation of three of our businesses and two other businesses that were purchased. And um, so I, I uh, was one of the top team, but not a board director of the, the PLC. And okay. we got up to, in that dot-com bubble, we got up to 170 people. And as it busts, we went down to about 115. But I had a huge amount of sales success in in the um, uh, 2001, 2002 from the result of that plan that I'd put in place okay. put the plan in, in 1997. Yeah. Getting it right, yeah. turned to results. And you know, sold the Bristol and West head office new system. It's still my biggest 
biggest deal at three quarters of a million for okay. one, one <laughs> that's one big phone system. That's a lot of fun. That was when phone <laughs> systems were very expensive as well. <laughs> I think, yeah. I don't think there are deals like that around anymore. And uh, so then 2003? Yeah, the, so Zuri, uh, Convergent PLC needed to sell Convergent systems and we tried to do a management buyout, but we just couldn't raise the cash. Okay. And uh, Azuri bought the business, um, a, a three I backed buy and build organization. And Martin, the chief exec, said to us all at the time, and if any of you want to strike out alone, we'll find a way to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's quite an innovative approach. Uh, it, it was, and I didn't, I couldn't believe, you know, I had to pinch that, my. Pinch. Was that to build distribution? Sorry to cut across you. Was that to build distribution for themselves? What was his motivation there? Uh, I only discovered a couple of years later that really they needed to get costs off the PL okay. and uh, and make it so that uh, they were leaner and meaner. And they would. Um, uh, it turns out that the deal that I negotiated to become an agent of the business, take Bridget and James with me and, uh, and start out as a, uh, my own entrepreneur with my own brand, um, uh, working for Steve, my old bosses who became my sort of account manager, as it were, um, with a, a a deal that was, um, much more generous for new business than existing, but I was still looking after all my old customers at a rate that was far preferential for Azuri to do than it was to employ new people who weren't going to keep those existing customers sticky. And the deal I had was if Azuri didn't sell fire extinguishers, I could sell fire extinguishers to those customers. So I got myself a lot of, you know, fire extinguishers being the the analogy. I got a, myself a lot of telecom stuff that wasn't in my portfolio at the time to be able to complement the the Azuri business with M12 business. Okay, so that was the, the diversification. That was the real beginnings. So, correct. So we went into network services. Yeah. And we so we were selling, you know, um, phone calls to start with. Okay. And still doing some big deals for Azuri. And uh, uh, yes, and those early, those early days and uh, months were uh, quite a roller coaster. I forgot to pay James and Bridget the first month. Um, they, they'd fortunately got their old pay. So I had two months pay the following. And I did, couldn't believe how long it took to sort out sort out the paperwork of PAY and everything. Yeah. And, and again, I missed the deadline. I had to go and get them cash. And their, <laughs> and their, pay, and their pay slip was, was a, a post-it note. So I, I thought, I've, I've just got to... I've just got to deal with this a bit more professionally. Right. That's not uh, the military background with uh, systems uh, and processes are, for everything. Chaos reigned. Uh, um, customers were getting a great service, yeah. but honestly, they were priority. Behind but, the scenes. but behind the scenes, I, I realised that I needed to sort this out. And I, managed, I called Steve and I said, what happened to um, Sylvia, who was his PA? Oh, she's taking summer off. Um, let's see if she's uh, free. So... Uh, Sylvia was employee number four. She said, I can only do, I can only do uh, three days. Um, no, I, I said, I can only afford you for three days a week. Yeah. And anyway, 
it wasn't long before she said, actually, Andrea, I only want to do three days a week. <laughs> <laughs> and she still does to, do, to this wow. day. And, uh, and is Bridget they, still with you? Was it no, Bridget, James in Bridget, New Zealand? So. I, um, James said, yes, I'll join you, uh, but I'm going to travel the world for a year with, uh, with Kelly, the girlfriend. And uh, anyway, he, um, he got to Easter Island, got married, had a, had a great year, came back, worked for me for a while, went and worked a little bit for Zuri. And um, he, uh, he went, back out to, went back out to New Zealand. Yeah. So yeah. We're, still, we're still in touch. He still doesn't beat me at squash when, okay. he, when he occasionally comes back. <laughs> I'm yeah. to, yeah. It's your competitive spirit coming out. Hey? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Actually, that, I said another interesting aside. That competitive spirit, again, seen in a lot of ambitious business owners, is it always a positive thing, do you think, in business? Um, I'm pausing, aren't I? It's, um, I, think it, I think it is. I think, it's, I, think, I think you've got to have really ambition to try and be the best that you can be as an organisation. Because if you don't, you're caught out. You're caught out by your staff. You're caught out by your customers. You, uh, you can be forgiven for, um, uh, for cock-ups, but as long as generally you are doing a, a good, ambitious, um, yeah. going forward job with the right values, you know, if if you're not, there's no such thing as treading water. It's like treading water in a river. Yeah. You know, you're going, Start you're going, you're going out, quickly, yeah, you're going out you? to sea. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about those early months, you know, and some of the kind of challenges around that. I think we've all would recognise that we'll you know, get into business usually with a skill or an ability, and that's what's led us to that point. And then we learn that actually running a business has a wealth of other responsibilities and tasks aligned to it. Well, that's when that's when I met you. When yeah. we were we were both fellow members of uh, um, Bowshot yeah, back was. in yeah. back in two thousand and five, and we'd had so Bowshot uh, was a peer group, wasn't it? Which is it was. I mean, run by Nick Stephen at um, uh, and he had various uh, business link initiative yeah. at the time, and uh, yes, he was a, he was a bit of a, a not follow the rules. By the way, the rules were yeah. meant to be kind of person as well, and with we great success. Him. Yeah, we all admired <laughs> yes. him for that. So, that, yeah, I mean, Bowshot was an amazing experience, wasn't it? I often say that, and actually, we wouldn't be doing Evolve now if it wasn't for Bowshot. So, thank you, Nicholas, if you ever listen to this podcast, um, because just getting twelve like-minded individuals in a room together, them all sharing their experiences, is invaluable, isn't it? And I, I think of the 12 that were in our group, we were all starting fledgling kind of I businesses. Know. Yeah. Um, I think I'd still see you on a fairly regular basis, one way or another, about seven or eight. Yes, yeah, me too. And uh, uh, I remember when you uh, asked me along, because you didn't have a name for this thing. Um, was it last August? And yeah. the, uh, and, and I sort of worked out that, oh, bow shot, but better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was, my, that, was, that was what went into my calendar. Okay. But, but Warren's bow shot, but better. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and it, was, um, it was subtly sort of introduced. And before you know it, as the months passed, it was an, unmiss an unmissable um, element of my diary. 
And I was just intrigued to know what the next workbook might be because actually the workbooks that we had done were so relevant for what was going on at the time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we realized that we had to emerge from this um, uh, small startup that had come from something big with processes. You know, we were investors in people very quickly as a small business. And we had, uh, we tried all kinds of um, big company processes that were just wrong for a uh, small company, yeah. like regular appraisals. I mean, would you believe that uh, I don't think that's right in okay. a small company where you are, uh, th I think it is absolutely correct in the, where it's technical, but with your, with your, top team, you, you're sort of having those conversations Constantly. weekly. Yeah. yeah. So, so actually sitting down and saying, well, where are we then is... So what would you define as that point in a business, you know, the, the, the hierarchy in a business where you don't think those regular appraisals, because that's a very different view. So explore, let's explore it a bit further. So what level in a kind of organisation do you think... I think, I think, I think it all depends on the culture of the business. Okay. I think every business finds its way forward yeah and for some it it's right to be there and for others it isn't and for us we as time passed worked out that you know with the amount of mutual trust that goes on mm. and uh you know if, if somebody needs to spend some money on some training or a veer off in a particular direction or um has got issues with their staff that need um, a different way of, you know, coaching round to, to, to rectify then, you know, as long as you're on the business. Okay. Then, you know, it's, it's been a piece of process I've managed to, I'm, I'm not good at that anyway. It's, <laughs> it's, it, with the carrot, with, you know, well, when you do that, there's got to be carrots and sticks. Yeah. And, um, and if you're actually really happy with the evolution of where things are going, then, yeah. you know, it's, it's just, you know, it just works for us. Well, let's talk about that evolution and ambition then. So what was your, you know, original ambition? Uh, okay. Original. And this is where M12 came in really good because... Uh, original, let's last 12 months. You know, so many okay. businesses don't last yeah. 12 months. And then it was, let's get to be a 12-man business. Okay. So, so uh, we, yeah, we, we, we hit that. Uh, let's get to um, 1.2 million turnover in the early days. We got that. And then we, it was profit. Uh, we haven't quite hit the net profit <laughs> yet. <laughs> that would be a nice... A nice uh, uh, place to be and uh, ah, you always got it, to have some ambition left <laughs> oh yeah yes it's uh yeah and i think the ultimately i mean it comes back to personal and it's what yeah. you want for for your um time when you're not working and family life afterwards yeah. really that financial security is is what many of us are doing it for yeah. ultimately that is a driver for most yeah you know we often as part of the evolve kind of workbooks and sessions that we do with business owners and entrepreneurs and and you've sat there and gone through this process we we do what's the most eight important things in your life and you know there is sort of a core six yes. usually two that are different yeah yeah but there's a core six in every ambitious business owner and one of those it's not about the money it's about creating security and what that security means and a lot of the time it's security for the family it is yeah 
And I think that's a big driver for a lot of business owners. And uh, and, and I think that, that element of uh, uh, freedom to manoeuvre and be accountable for your... Uh, your actions, your how you deal with your day, which turns into how you look after your customers, how you create your edge, whatever that might be. Yeah. That's that freedom is a, a big thing that I think we all value, don't we? We do. So, how has N twelve evolved over the last um, sixteen years? Well, yeah, we 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 had a really nice growth spurt, and it was great to win. Uh, one of our industry's biggest awards against Azuri back in 2006. And we thought it was going to be forever that growth trajectory. And then we had 2008 yeah. uh, happen. And uh, one of the hardest things was letting people go, including Bridger, okay. um, uh, who, um, uh, uh, you know, we had to contract from about 22 people at our height to back down to about 12 and that was that was hard, but it it boy, it was the right thing to do. We had had quite a few good contracts paying us a sensible amount of profit every month. You know, the mortgage lender, for example, uh, on, over in Fareham, where where we're okay. based, uh, that was a big contract, and they went belly up with the um, with the banking crash. Crumbs uh, and others. So we we now don't have quite some. We had. Fewer customers, but we had a few big customers, and now we've got quite a lot of customers, um, and a nice balance of um, of income streams coming in. And that's as been well. a positive evolution just through that experience of two thousand and seven eight or repositioning it, of the business. No, I think it was just natural. Those those uh, those bigger deals for smaller businesses were uh, not around quite so much, and um, uh, and it was becoming a more competitive place anyway so i can with hindsight you can see that that was natural but we did come out of the other side with a key differentiator when we started to um you know you, you look at this um across the countryside there um we, we can were see get, for miles out in, of this window <laughs> in in, in uh, uh in 2000 and uh well about 2007 onwards we were getting 17 meg internet from our broadband over the way, they were getting half a meg internet. Right. And um, uh, Matt was doing some work for a friend's father sorting out his IT. Matt's one of your sons. Yes. And uh, he um, uh, and we'd had a, a contract on the Isle of Wight uh, for Southern Co-op, which came to an end, leaving us with a load of radios because we'd provided them a radio-based uh, wide area network. And um, so he thought, well, let's see if this will send our internet across the valley. And uh, anyway, we got, he got that working to the bottom of the garden and we went along to a Chamber of Com Commerce event and he started chatting to somebody who'd set up a small internet service provider on the, on the Isle of Wight who showed him this ubiquity equipment, which was better and cheaper. And uh, anyway, one thing led to another. We, we sorted out um, their farm and a few houses around it, and uh, uh, it's it evolved. Did, uh, okay. yeah, yeah. Brilliant, fantastic. Um, and we, I suppose that's that technical advances, isn't it? Is is how do you keep abreast of what's happening? And we can come back to that earlier reference. Really, 
is obviously becoming an ISP and and doing those things. But how, you know, your world is changing. You know, the world of coaching, uh, running events, accountancy, business, corporate finance advice. I mean, there's evolution, but it's very slow. In your world, that changes overnight. Yeah. How do you keep abreast of that? Um, oh, various ways. Uh, have, having people in the business who also are entrepreneurial yeah. and um, uh, uh, you know Matthew, Matthew certainly is and, and I've got a couple of others in the business yeah. who who um, uh, you know look at opportunities but our industry has got some fantastic publications yeah. that are worth reading almost cover to cover right. and where people are so open about telling you what they're doing with with the tech where it's going Okay. And um, and that, you know, it comes but, back to training. But there's got to be times when you, it's about, I've only got so many chips and where do I place my bets? Yeah. Oh, you're and right. How Become, do you make those well, becoming an internet service provider, which we did by accident, we commercialised and what became um, the, this um, uh, fledgling um, uh, uh, wireless, it became Wessex Internet. Yeah. So it worked as a joint venture with the, uh, with the the farming business, and um, uh, we exited that last year. Okay. Uh, they they bought our half. We're really proud of what we achieved in the area. I think we got up to two thousand subscribers. I can't. We lost count of that. It was uh, there was a time when it was sixty communities could get super fast internet that otherwise had no choice. Um, uh, James had put. Um, I don't know, a couple of hundred kilometers of fiber in the ground. And uh, it, it has you know, become a, a great success story for this area. And um, you know, we think that it, it will have done a massive multi-million, multi-million boost to the local economy because wow. people have been able to um, work effectively and more competit- competitively than many of their uh, rural competitors. It's that so. challenge that rural England faces and the UK faces around productivity, isn't it? How do you make the UK generally more productive? You're, you're, How do you increase productivity? Abso- absolutely. And you know, my travels to the office over in Whiteley, um, uh, the traffic these days, uh, and I think it is generally because of people's ability to flexibly work from home as if they are in the office, you know, yeah. We, it, it isn't, um, you know, there was a time when it was a bit of a problem, but these days I can get in in a sensible amount of uh, uh, traveling time and, um, you know, yeah. be, be reasonably effective listening to great podcasts on the journey. <laughs> well, you'll be allowed to listen to this one, which you star in. <laughs> um, so just um, one of the things I'm always intrigued to kind of understand is, from an outside perspective, it, people that perhaps don't run a business often see that it's just one continual linear line of success. Those of us that run a business understand it's anything but linear. So 2008 comes, that's quite a big moment of challenge, despair. How did you change as an individual as a result? And what effect did that have on you personally oh uh i think i think that you don't at the time at, at the time you're 
It's a bit like the time we were down in the Falklands. You're, you know, you're in battle. You're, mm -hmm. you're actually in battle mode. You are uh, making sure that you can get through um, to, um, you know, manage the cash so that you can see that you really will be surviving in three months' time. Uh, make sure that you find every route possible to uh, to know that you're um, uh, that you're on a, on an upward trajectory as opposed to a downward one, and uh, and deal with the the peaks and troughs. And you know, sometimes when there was a vac quarter, I had to get my my gold piece of plastic out to <laughs> top up the payroll. You know, it, you had to do whatever everything it whatever whatever it took. It does make you feel afterwards that, you know, coming through what had been, uh, well, you know, history will say how, how hard that, yeah. that period was. Uh, coming through the other side of it in good shape, um, uh, it does make you more resilient. It makes you more cautious. It makes you uh, ask more questions and make sure that you are, that your facts are correct before you spend the money. You know whether that's personal or, or business. Yeah. Make sure that if you're going down a route, that you um, that you think it's going to lead somewhere. Yeah. And um, and that's why when you know we um, exited Wessex Internet because we saw that the real opportunity wasn't just building on something local. You know there was a really big national potential based on what we'd created as a, an internet service provider uh, with our internet core and the processes, the kind of processes that we'd uh, uh, put in place to make us very lean and effective in the Wessex internet world, and which has come through with our GigaNet brand. You know, it okay. is, it is um, phenomenal. But actually getting to where we've got, I think that if we hadn't have gone through, to come back to your question, gone through that, that really hard time, um, it, it might have just been a flash in the pan, you know? Yeah. You, sometimes you've got to work really hard to see things through. And to value what you've got and get oh, perspective Oh, absolutely, on it. Yeah. yes. And, and also make sure that you're taking everybody along with you. Great. What's been your most, turn it the other way and just talk about what's been your most satisfying moment in the history of M12? Um, oh, I don't know really. Uh, I, well, here's what, rather than rather, I might not be answering that question, but maybe I will look back and think that it happened on Friday. Okay. Uh, the, uh, okay. What happened well, Friday? Um, the um, uh, today is our sixteenth business birthday. Congratulations! And the reason, I won't sing "Happy Birthday" because <laughs> you wouldn't want to hear that. And the reason, and the reason why um, I'm not with everyone is because this year I, I organised previous years' business birthdays, and we've had a great time. There's usually been some water involved yeah. in terms of hiring ribs, going sailing, or something. And uh, we, um, uh, and I left it to the team. I said, "Look, whatever, whatever we're doing." You've, you manage the budget, get a bit more from the suppliers if you can, yeah. and um, create a great day. And uh, anyway, we went out. I, I, you know, they did it all behind my back. And uh, we went out to the Solent Fort on okay. Friday. So 
so it was it was their glee at my delight uh, when I said my thank yous at lunch, which was uh, that will live with me for Brilliant. forever. Fantastic. And uh, yeah, I mean, you love. I mean, us you know, most in business love doing things with their team and developing their team, but. I, you know, in all of the years I've known you, that's something you're really passionate about, isn't it? And and being with the team and then being a team and a unit and enjoying the successes with them is something I'd say that sets you apart. Um, it probably does. And, you know, it started in the, do you remember 2005 when there was all the, the Trafalgar celebrations? Yes. Um, well, I used to be a rib instructor for a while in the, when I was in the uh, Royal Marines. I always wanted to have a, one of these nice ribs. One thing led to another, and uh, I bought this massive, very quick rib. And we'd go out as a, as a, you know, as a team of people. Uh, yeah. You know, it could take ten. So I, for many years, I could take the business. I did have to sell it in two thousand and nine. So yeah. we had four fantastic years of having a bit of an X factor of a of a. Um, uh, of a, of a business toy when red diesel was really cheap. Yeah. And, uh, and as a, as, as something which defined us then, it was really good. And it, it really came back. We, we hired a few ribs for, you know, for our 10th birthday, 2013. We, we had a great time out on the water. And then, um, as, as you know, I, I took everyone skiing, um, a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, it was always the case that as a few of us skied and, Matt, who's um, uh, lead engineer, uh, has been a snowboarding uh, enthusiast, and he's always come back and said, "Oh, I'd love to ski with you, board with you guys." This is the yeah. the engineering team, and uh, he um, uh, when I said, "Look, shall we just, you know, put a little bit of money aside and and uh, and set some incentives and." and maybe go as a group of people for a long weekend, somewhere as close to Geneva as we can get. And uh, so the f we've been twice now. The first time we went to a, a nice four-star hotel. Uh, this year, it was actually a lower cost because we were in a massive okay. uh, chalet that could take 20 of us. So everybody together. And, and yeah, and it is just the best team building exercise without you having to write any team building you know this, today this is what you're going to do and if you do this and yeah. it, it was it, you would have everyone doing what works with them at their standard brilliant and um even you know sylvia who's um um well well into her retirement years now with a lovely part-time job um you know loves walking in there Walking the hills with some of the other girls. So and, she came but, out too. And oh, she's a bit, yeah. Brilliant. And, uh, Kev, who joined me in 2004, operations director, he, he was at, used to be at um, uh, Cunard as my customer all those years ago. Uh, he um, took his uh, um, ukulele out and uh, we had a lot of fun in that, in the show. I can only imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. How's your passion for the business evolved over time? Uh, I, I think it's always been, I think hopefully you hear it in my voice. It's, yeah. it's always been the same. I mean, there's been times obviously when it's been, when it's been hard, but the, the business has never bitten back as I know, having seen other businesses where there's uh, us and them 
uh, culture. It's uh, I'm very conscious to to um, you know make it a great place to work, and and if you do that, and other people are passionate mm. about what they do, it spills out into into um, into customers, and you know our latest job. Um, Bournemouth Airport that went live the other night. Okay. And um, Matt, who was the lead engineer, he was there. He, I think he left site at midnight, and he was back at eight thirty in the morning. Yeah. And you know have the commitment that people have got because they love what they do and what it does for customers. Brilliant. It's, uh, yeah. So that passion is definitely still burning inside. Yeah. Yeah. So you brought your sons into the business, haven't you? No, I didn't bring them into the business. They just arrived. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be fair. So they, let's, give it, let's explore that because obviously you, you know, very much uh, a team player from your military days, but very entrepreneurial and focused and sort of driven towards growth, maybe exit. Um, and that may still be the plan, but but then to, for your sons to become part of the business change, must have changed the dynamics. Um, yes, very positively. Uh, it's, um, uh, it, it is very, it is, as a dad, it is so special, you know, and um, I, I think that, uh, you know, my driver is that when they uh, are chatting to their peers in the pub over a beer and doing, what do you do then? What do you do then? They have got to, at their age, uh, you know, the, uh, around 30, uh, be able to speak with pride at their choice that they're working in the business and what they're doing. And, and, uh, and, and that to know that they, I know that they always have choice. You know, both of them could command a fantastic CV to go somewhere else, but it's their choice to to um, to be in be in the business wow and as you say as a dad a very proud kind of yeah. experience to actually go through i'd imagine yeah and uh, uh you know i'd like to think we're we're you know good mates they bought me um you know I, i'm a fan of various things uh, b- nice beer is, is is high up on the list and they've bought me um f- uh, and i need to get this organized um uh a a, 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 a what, in the Royal Marines, we call it a run ashore, but a, a, it's not a, uh, a pub crawl, it's a brewery crawl okay. in London, oh, in wow. all these lit microbreweries that are under the arches. Yeah. So, uh, uh, to, to have with them, so I've got to, got to find some time. Brilliant. And how would you say being entrepreneurial and running your own business, you know, is a real positive side to family life now because the sons are in the business? But how do you think being entrepreneurial has affected? your family life? Um, yeah, I mean, good and bad. Um, good because actually, you know, I've been very fortunate to to live a fantastic quality of life. Uh, it's, it is, you know, one of the reasons why people do this is to, you know, have some of the, uh, the, the nicer things, although I can't remember the last time. I had the time to to get out and have a a long holiday. <laughs> Life is very full on right now, and um, uh, yeah, I think that it's um, uh, when we were going through some uh, challenges uh, before we uh, came to the conclusion with Wessex Internet. You know, yeah. it did feel like there was uh, supper time was 
um, a mini board meeting. Yeah, I um, uh, But it's part of that cathartic thing of um, talking around a problem and uh, yeah. and coming to conclusions and ways forward. Uh, and, and, and yeah, and we, I mean, Josh, who's, you know, my third son who's at Southampton Uni, um, I can, I can f understand why he's doing rather, rather well with his business degree. <laughs> he's, seen it <laughs> he's, 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 he's got a bit of an insight <laughs> yeah. in, in, uh, in, uh, you know, things that are going and, on. And what yes. about back in 2007, eight, nine, you know, Boys, thirty-ish now, so they had been late teens then. So that well, has been challenging. Yeah, well, Matthew, um, I don't think it was. I yes, I've always put in a uh, a reasonably long day, but I, you know, I had the freedom to get on the touchline and and okay. watch a lot of what watch a lot of matches and be there. And, and, yeah, might the phone might have been on. Uh, yeah, uh, occasionally. So um, I don't think we've um, you know looking back, it's. There's not been the sacrifice where, you know, I would, it, it, it's very unusual for me to stay away. It's only a handful of times um, in, a, in a year and um, very unusual um, for me to have to be, you know, working across a weekend. So, you know, that's a... Yeah, we should take pride in that because there's a lot of business yes. owners that would be envious. I know. Of what it, you just I, said there, Andrew, so you should take a lot of pride in that. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, and so how would you define success for you? Um, well, I think, I think it's not looking ahead to, to have something which gives you that seal of success, which says, bam, now that's, I've achieved success. It's, it's the everyday things, you know, it's that quality of life that day and living that is success. I mean, it's it's great. I'm going along to your event later. I've got I've got a squash yeah. match with my squash buddies later. Um, you know, I might on occasions get out on my motorbike to those these these things. Yeah, you know, it's um, is living. Um, you know, really living. Living a full life. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Yeah, that comes back to that business and personal being good yeah. simultaneously. And it? It, it is, it is having a, having a balance. Right. What about inspiration? Where do you find inspiration? Inspiration? I, I'm actually, in, I, how many times have I said to you, Warren, bloody hell, that was, that was inspired, your first entrepreneurial conference. Yeah. And I'd been along to um, Institute of Director Conventions and sales and marketing conventions. But, you know, well done you for creating what has become a fantastic series of, of uh, you know, bigger, better, different, yeah, great speakers. You. And, uh, you know, so, so yeah, uh, you're one of a number of nuggets where I get my inspiration. Podcasts, really yeah. good. But it's, I'm also in, inspired to do some things different, do do things different to other people. There are many of my small, you know, we're not a particularly big business, but we've got a, a board structure. You know, I've got Leslie, um, uh, he's, um, he's my board chairman and, you know, his choice really to, he, he, he got the invitation and then he chose and he chose to stay and he's been with us what for what, 
five years or so yeah. now, and he's now a doctorate in corporate governance of small business. And yeah. um, so I'm inspired by someone at age 70 getting, getting that and um, doing such a fantastic job as, as, as a, you know, as an individual. Um, and uh, yeah, it's... Okay. And what would... Something that always intrigues me as well is some people are driven to succeed, okay, clearly through, you know, knowing you and listening again to your story today, you're one of those. But others are happy just in life to sit back and take what comes their way. Where do you think ambition truly comes from? You know, why do you think we are so different as human beings that some people just let life wash over them? Yeah, um... I don't. I think something comes from somewhere that changes you. Um, you know, for me, losing a few good friends in the Falklands, um, uh, and I did have a couple of ups and downs in the Royal Marines, and there was a time when I could have wallowed in that approach, which is, you know, just see out your time, find a routine mm. that works, just keep your head above water. Um, I, I, I could have been that person, but I think I just wanted to see how good I could, you know, see how good I could be and how I could take it. And there's absolutely nothing wrong in somebody deciding that for now, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely fine where I am. And, you know, had I had my head in a different place, age 18, I might have come out with a few stripes on my arm. I might have come out with a few pips on my shoulder. Mm. But, but I didn't, you know, I was soaking it up, enjoying the life, the laugh yeah. that I had as a guy in my 20s with an eye on the future. Brilliant. Great. So that brings to the end our kind of discussion today. Where can people find out more about you, more about M12 Solutions? Well, I think... I think you only have to Google M12, and with I think there's a there's a car called the M12, and there used there, there might have been a motorway that was going to be called the M12, but uh, M12 were were there or Giganet uh, uh, are our, our two brands to see what we're about. Okay. And if anyone wants to get in touch with me, um, uh, Andrew.Skipsy at M12Solutions.co.uk, and I'll always have a a bit of a conversation please connect to me on linkedin linkedin is such a yeah. such a great tool brilliant and, uh, yeah thank you andrew thank you for your time today thank you Warren. cheers i love andrew's focus passion and belief in all that he does i think we can all learn a lot from andrew's philosophies and about being passionate and creating a true team culture some of which certainly must come from his military days. I first met Andrew back in 2005 at a peer-to-peer event. He, as I, have come a long way since those days, but it also shows the great business relationships that can grow and develop when you're part of a group of like-minded individuals. If you want access to further insightful content and inspiration, and also to learn more about how you can benefit from an Evolve peer group, then please do go to evolvemembers.com and register for free to get access to the Evolve community. I really enjoyed interviewing Andrew. I hope you've really enjoyed that episode. 
and do join me again in the near future for the next episode of the Evolve to Succeed podcast. Thank you.